Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Good morning. We are so honored to be with you this morning and want to thank you for partnering with us as we go. So as we go, your your, um, partnership and prayer and finances go with us and make the way. And so we want to say thank you. And um, I want to teach you a Nepali word this morning. (laughs) First, I want to greet you from Nepal. Whenever we go to Nepal or the other nations that we go to, we like to send greetings from your brothers and sisters from that country. We love the church. We love the body of Christ, the local bodies, uh, and we are a part of the global church. And God is doing mighty things around the world And so we want to share some of that with you this morning. Um, So are you ready to learn a little Nepali this morning? So this is a word that I learned recently at one of our conferences that we did, a training with pastors and leaders to um, help them to have the vision and the heart of the Father to reach the unreached that are right in their backyard. And so we're helping to train and mobilize them to go into these unreached areas. So as we're doing the training, one of my sessions is the state of the world uh, today. So where we're at in that race, um, in that mission that God has given to us. And so when I give the statistics, they always go, wow. And so, okay, here's my word. Ready? It's baf-ri-baf. So three three syllables. Baf-ri-baf. Can you say it? Ready? One, two, three. Baf, ribaf. And it means, wow. <laughs> so now you know a little Nepali. And can you go to the map real quick slide? And they say that when we talk about the state of the world, that we have 7.5 billion people alive in the world today. Never have we had that many people alive at one time on the earth. Out of that 7.5 billion people, billion people have never heard the gospel, not even once, don't even know a believer. And 83% of those that have never heard live in what we call the 1040 window. This area, it gets its name for where it lies on the map there. Uh, And so 10 degrees by 40 degrees north of the equator from Western Africa to Japan. So that is our focus, is in that area, mobilizing the indigenous believers and pastors uh, to reach and plant churches. Amen? And so Scott's going to share more. I just want to give a quick little plug. We've got, we also do medical missions, and you don't have to be a doctor to join us. We take uh, people from churches all the time, teams to go in. We need lots of help in that. Um, and so if anybody ever has on their heart to join us, check out our website uh, for dates. We have usually go in the fall, and it's about a two-week trip. So you can get one of these um, cool uh, Mission of Life Nepal mission shirts back at the table there. Um, for $20. Also, if you would like to sign up for our email, e-news, sign up for our prayer team, um, you can go to our website and do all that on our website, or you can get some information on the table there. And um, also, as you saw, we have a children's home. And so rescuing kids from 
uh, a life without Christ, basically, and training them up in him to be a world changer. So if you would like to get any more information on any of those things back there, check out our table at the end of service. Also, we want to give everybody today one of these little wristbands as a reminder to be being a part of the Great Commission. God has called us all to be a part. And so on this little bracelet is a reminder to go send pray. How many of you can pray? We can all pray, right? And um, there's a great little uh, resource, joshuaproject.net website, that gives an unreached people group to pray for every day. And as the church mobilizes to pray and laborers go and be sent, we can get the work done. Amen. So God is saying, all hands on deck. Every believer take their place in his mission, the Great Commission. Amen. So don't forget to pick one of these up as a great reminder uh, to pray every day and a great website that you can also get an app on your phone. And uh, it reminds you every day, pray for unreached people groups. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. All right. So what what a privilege and honor it is to be with you today and to be a part of a series. Um, I'm just thankful for uh, churches like this one that is touching their community, but also has a heart for the world. And uh, Pastor Matt and Deb, we're just thankful for the connection, the hookup we have. And, and God is in our relationships that we have, that we connect with people. It's not a mistake, and I don't believe it's a mistake that you're here today. Amen. This is a great church. And uh, this has got uh, kingdom purpose, this this church, and it's not here just to, uh, just to give you something to do on a Sunday, but this, this has to do with your destiny. And uh, so we're thankful uh, that you're connected with us, that you're partnering with us. And, you know, um, about three years ago, Sue and I, um, we made a transition, but it didn't happen just like that. We had planted a church in Delafield, and we thought, as pastors, we would never do anything else. And uh, when we began to feel drawn uh, to uh, be a part of my dad's ministry, something that he had started uh, about 20 years ago to be start to go into nations, um, they're getting up in their 80s and they're not able to travel as much. And um, no other of our family was around my parents, and they're getting up in their age. And, and uh, so we just saw that there was a drawing in our heart to move in this direction, and f- um, at first, we thought it was the devil. It was like, get behind me, Satan. You know, and um, so, but uh, we, we were going and, and, and doing some missions work with dad and mom and doing some things in different, various countries. And um, we felt like the grace of pastoring was kind of lifting from us. And our heart was getting pulled. And you know, I, I believe God brings us through transitions in life. And if you're here today and you're going through a transition, I just want to encourage you. God's got a plan. Just stay hooked up in faith, and he's going to bring you through. Uh, We all go through changes at different times, and it takes a step of faith. One of the things that we did coming through this transition is we connected with uh, a, a particular person of great significance to us. We've been doing missions work, conferences, kind of general missions, how many of you know that all missions is good? Any time you can have a cross-cultural experience, that's good because it's connected with Jesus' words, go. 
go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so all missions is good. But what we found is that uh, through some connections that we made, some relationships we were able to, to make and uh, network with, our vision and our focus in missions became more defined. Where we didn't want to just simply be going into another country and having a ministry experience with another culture, but we wanted to bring strategy that we feel is something that is coming to the forefront of the church globally. And that is to fix our eyes on peoples who have never heard the gospel, never, never even know, they have never known that there is a Christ that died for them. And we find that in the world today, there's about a third of our population that have never heard the gospel. This, we would categorize this as unreached. UPGs is what we would call it as in, in missions world. It's UPGs. You just say UPGs. It's the unreached people groups of the world. And unreached means this. If 2%, well, let me back up to what a, a people group is. People group is... Um, any, any grouping of people that have a similar um, history, language, um, culture, anything that would make them them. Some of them have unique features about them physically. And um, right now, there, there is about 17,000 people groups that are in the world today. And uh, so when we say unreached people groups, it means that within that people group... 2% or less are Christian. Resources like Joshua Project now tracks people groups that are all throughout the world today. And they found that there are people groups that have no Christians. None. Can you imagine living in a place where there is no Christians? You know, in your series, we have... Um, this, this emphasis on the scripture today. There's a time to be silent, but then there's a time to speak. And to the church today, the time to speak and speak into these unreached peoples is now. We are in a season of proclaiming Christ among the unreached. Amen? And so, um, you know, unreached people, can you imagine, you would not want to live there. In these areas of the world, you could be born, raised, get an education, get married, get older, have kids, grandkids, and get into your old age and then pass away and have never even heard about Jesus. There's not a church, there's no Bible, there's no pastor. In fact, you, would, you don't even know a Christian. And you know what, people, in these areas, Jesus died for them. He was thinking about them. We are not just better people because we live in a Christian nation. Jesus does not look at us with, with greater favor, and, you know, and think that, well, we're, we're better people. And that's why we deserve the gospel. No, he died for everyone. He's not willing that any should perish. Amen? And so, what I want to tell you today is that God is at work. He is, at, he is moving today like never before. 30 years ago, in the Operation World Book, it estimated that out of those, 
about 17,000 people groups, 14,000 were unreached. The landscape of missions was much different 30 years ago. And, you know, in, in recent history as well, missions has been something that has been a Western church's effort. But what we have found over three decades is that something very exciting is taking place. It determined that 14,000 of these people groups that were unreached, in 30 years' time, that number has been cut in half. And now there's about 7,000 unreached people groups. What that lets us know is that something is happening in the world today. Amen? Among the unreached. And the significance is so important. The significance of the church here in Stevens Point is connected to that race, to that, that harvest. Amen? And so uh, I just want to bring you, give you a couple of testimonies. Um, in the nation of Nepal, there are over 240 unreached people groups. Imagine, you guys familiar with Nepal? It, it's below China and it's above India. India has the, the most people groups in, of any nation in the world. They have 2,000 people groups. India, I mean, China has, you know, India and China are the, the most populated nations in the world. Well, Nepal is in the middle there, little nation. It's got the Himalayas. Anybody heard of Everest? And so um, they have over 100 languages that they speak. They've got the Himalayan range and there's villages and there's there's people groups they have over 250 people groups over over which 240 are unreached it's a daunting task but something is exciting is happening god is mobilizing his church and i'd like you to bring up a picture there's a picture of a a, a man his name is bim he's a single picture there this is a young man who is one of our trainers. And what do we do? We go in and we have this vision to, to equip and empower local indigenous pastors with the gospel. A lot of our, our missions work creates a culture of dependence. You know, we go into places like, like India and Nepal and Africa and what, it, what we really do is we come in and we take care of all their needs and we become the spiritual authority. And... Um, we don't empower them. And so they, they become uh, very dependent upon us. And what we need to be doing is shifting that focus and empowering people like this guy. This guy, um, he is up in a, the Kumbu region. It's really close to Everest. It's a beautiful area. I've been up there several times. There are unreached peoples that if people don't take the time to walk into these areas, these people will never hear of Jesus. Well, Bim will do it. He is, a, he is from this, this Himalayan range. And they love, he loves to take the gospel where it's never gone before. Um, right now, because of his family and, and his ministry, they have 15 churches up in this area of unreached peoples. Let's bring up that next picture. Um, these guys represent the people that we're teaching and training in Nepal. Uh, you know, 2 Timothy 2.2 said, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, the things that you have seen and heard of 
me speaking in the witness or as a witness among many people, commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Well, these guys, their faces represent people who are doing this. They're multiplying the work, the training that we have been doing over in these nations, and they're reproducing it. So we want to reproduce ourselves so we don't even have to go back over there. Our goal is that we work ourselves out of a job and that these guys are doing it. So we had uh, two years ago, we had this training in eastern Nepal, and um, we were able to get 130 pastors and leaders together, and we went through a training. And we teach them everything about adopting an unreached people group, Faith promise giving, you know, as Pastor Matt was talking about tithing and how important it is to tithe, but then you step into giving over and above the tithe into kingdom work, and that's what we teach them to do. Now, missions work, most people stay away from, um, you know, teaching people who are impoverished to give. They feel bad about it. They feel embarrassed and guilt. You know, they don't even want to bring up giving. But you know what? Whenever we um, withhold the truth of sowing and reaping and giving, we're robbing those people, no matter how poor they are. What we found, though, is as they have gotten this training and this teaching that they have been able to actually fund and support missions effort on their own. And so um, we did this training, and um, they targeted five unreached people groups. And after we left this place, we empowered them. We didn't. We we stepped away. We said, okay, now now it's up to you guys. And so we we left, and we're thinking, I wonder what they're going to do. Well, they raised up. And I got to mention this too. The group that that was assembled was nine different denominations. Nine different groups. Now, that's a, that's a time you can say praise the Lord when you can get nine denominations working together. We found this, that the Great Commission, is it unifies people. When you put the target of unreached people groups, it brings Christians together. That's a good thing. Amen. So um, what, what, uh, what they did is they put together 30 missionaries to go up into Tablajun, which is by the third highest peak in the world, which is called Kunchenchonga. Beautiful, beautiful mountain. It's massive. And uh, if you've ever been to the Front Range driving into Denver, has anybody ever drove into Colorado Springs? 14,000 feet, okay? So you're impressed. You're like, wow. But if you could imagine a mountain right behind Pike's Peak that's twice as high, that's the Himalayas. And, and so these guys went in and they targeted five unreached people groups. They planted five churches and in two months they had 200 salvations. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And, and this guy right here in the middle, this young man, he is from uh, a far western part of Nepal. This is a place where there's not very much work at all. Not much has taken place, and there's a lot of unreached people groups. He is from a village in town where there are no Christians. He's the only Christian. But he was getting our training and going back. We're waiting to hear the reports of what's going on in his life. But, you know, these guys, are, they're, 
they just got the life of God in them. They, they're, they're so excited about Jesus and what Jesus is doing in their heart. And they want these people that have never heard of him, they want them to know. Amen. And um, one of the guys, uh, his father went to India and got born. He got born again in India, his village. There were no believers. He comes back while his wife was dying. And they took her to the doctor, and there was nothing that, that, that uh, they could do for her. And so he, he just, he says, listen, guys, I'm a Christian now. And I've heard that if you lay hands on the sick, that they'll be healed. So he said, I'm going to pray for my wife. Well, he prayed for her, laid hands on her, and she immediately got healed. A church was planted. And that guy became a pastor. And that, there was nobody else there. And so, um, what, the witch doctor in that area did not like that. So, man, he, he cast a, a spell on this guy. Well, that curse came back on him, and he started to die. And this, this, uh, this man, he just said, listen, I, you know, God just healed my wife. Why don't I lay hands on you? And then he said, please do. <laughs> and he laid hands on him, and he was completely healed. Praise God. So signs, wonders, and miracles, things are taking place. Amen? So I want to share with you some things that are going to bring you into this, okay? First of all, God wants us to be filled with his power. Amen? Acts 1.8 says this. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. How many of you know that God doesn't want us to be filled with his power to just stay in church? Or just to run around, jump up and down. We love that, and we love the Holy Spirit. We love to be filled with joy, but it is for a purpose. Amen? And that is to be a witness. One church, four targets. One church, four targets. And this is what we're telling the pastors over in Nepal. This is what I'm here to say to you today. One church, four targets. What is that? Jerusalem, Stevens Point, kind of surrounding areas here. Judea would be the same culture. It would be our, the United States. Samaria. Samaria would represent people that are of a different culture. Maybe people we don't really like. Jews didn't like Samaritans. Jesus said it on purpose, I believe. Samaria. There are people that we could have a, have a, we look down our nose at them. No room for racism in, in, in the church. Amen. God is calling us to people that we may not like. Amen. And, and so Samaria, but then the uttermost part of the earth. Uttermost part of the earth would be people of totally different uh, culture. One church, four targets. Now, I think that the, the challenge that we have as, as leaders and pastors and people that are uh, in the church is, is this, is not only one church, four targets, but one, be, uh, one believer, four targets. In other words, do you have these four targets in your heart as an individual? You're Jerusalem, you're Judea, you're Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So... The role that we have as a church is found in Mark 16, 15. There's two roles. One of them is Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And this is where we can tie in this scripture here. Proclaim the gospel. Amen. Uh, 
the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. So when you speak, when you proclaim, when the gospel is on your lips, there's power. That's amazing. You know what? And in 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he has made us as new creations ministers of reconciliation. So that means that you have a ministry. You're not called to just come and sit in a chair. In a chair. Amen? In the pew, God has a ministry of reconciliation. All you need to do is just proclaim the gospel. Live it out in your life. Amen? But then there's another um, role that the church has, and it's found in Matthew uh, 28, 18, when Jesus said unto them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. Two roles. One is proclamation. The other one is discipleship. One has a target. Every creature, proclamation of the gospel. The other one is nations, where we get the word ethnos. And that is... Uh, that's ethnic people, people group. And every people group needs to be discipled. And that's why our vision is that these unreached people groups, they need to have churches planted. They need pastors. They need to be discipled so that they could uh, uh, learn how to follow Christ. Amen? And so this is the role. If, if, if it's like a coin... You know, these two rolls. If you, if you rub off one side of a coin, it's no longer legal. We need to have both sides. It needs to be discipleship. You need to be discipled in this church. Not just come and hear the proclamation of truth, but actually be in a position where you're growing and learning. Small groups, you know, how, however you can be discipled. Amen? And so, we're in a race. Amen? We are in a race, and we can see that we're getting close to that finish line. 14,000 people, people groups down. Now we're at seven. So we're, on, we're in a race. If you're running a race, you need to know where the finish line is. Amen? Don't be Forrest Gump. What did Forrest Gump do? He just went and ran across the nation. Went to one side, of the, looked out on a pier at the Pacific Ocean, and ran back. What did he do? He said, well, I'm going to go running. Right? Did anybody see Forrest Gump? Don't leave me hanging here. Come on now. Some churches are just going for a run. They don't know that there's an eternal purpose. What is our purpose? It's found in Matthew 24, 14. Amen? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness among every nation. And then the end shall come. That's our finish line. John Osteen said this. He said, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. There's something that happens when we begin to engage in the work of kingdom in peoples and nations that we will never meet on this side of the world, on this side of heaven, this side of glory. But we're thinking about them. We're, we're we're taken with the compassion and the passion of God in redemption for people that have never heard. Listen, if you could meditate on this, it would break your heart. If you could see these people that have no hope. The church today is taking the gospel 
nations that are emerging Christian nations are now sending more missionaries than the U.S. We shouldn't miss out on on the greatest harvest that lies before us right now. Some of the greatest churches, church growth now are in nations that have been hostile and opposing the gospel. Nations like Iran, they say right now has the fastest growing church. China, they're sending missionaries. Listen, people are targeting unreached people groups. It still stands as a great barrier to the purpose that we have. But listen, we cannot do it without a strong church. Not everybody's going to go. But everybody needs to have a heart. Somebody said, well, how can you actually have four targets? How can you effectively be, you know, really engaged in four targets? Let me just put you at ease. You can't. You can't, but you can be a part of a church like this that is engaged with four targets. And you can be a part of the church. You can do your part. Amen? And as you do your part, this is going to get accomplished. We're going to see a completion of the Great Commission. Let me ask you this question today. We're getting ready to close. You may be here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know that there is a plan and a purpose for your life in Christ. And that is that He loves you. Our God has loved you so much that He sent Jesus Christ. And what he has done is he, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has removed anything that would keep you from his love. Any sin, any guilt, it doesn't matter what has happened in your past. Listen, today is the day of salvation. And as I'm speaking this to you today, don't let another day go by without accepting him. I know of people who put it off and they, they lost their opportunity. They put it off and, and one particular young man, he actually died in a car accident. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the hour. So if you're here today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, would you raise up your hand? Would you raise up your hand? I want to pray with you as I look across the room here. Let me give you a vision as we close of what's beyond the finish line. It's in Revelation 7, 9. Let's bring that scripture up. If you guys want to play something, we're going to just come around this scripture. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one can number. Now, I want you to tap in to your spiritual eyes right now. I want you to see this after the Spirit. Can you see a multitude that no one can number? And all the nations, tribes, people, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes. Think about these 7,000 
unreached people groups, people with different looks, color of skin, different shapes, different languages. They're there. Can you see a multiracial crowd of people around the throne of God? And they're clothed in white. They've been born again. And this is what they're doing. They're saying, crying out with a loud voice, saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is going to happen. You might ask, well, why are we talking about missions? Well, let me say this. Missions exist because worship right now doesn't exist with these people groups. Missions exist. We do this. Jesus gave us the great commission. We're not finished until this happens. And it needs to happen here on this side of glory before it can happen there. That's why we pray. That's why we send. That's why we go. That's why we are uh, Acts 1-8 church. And that's why you are an Acts 1-8 believer. Let me pray. Father, we are so honored, we're so privileged to be working with you in the kingdom of God. We're so thankful. Lord, I pray that everyone in the sound of my voice right now, by your spirit, would gain revelation as to the plan and purpose of their life. That their life is more significant than just making, making money, having a retirement, any earthly goal. You have put them and set them into your body for an eternal purpose. To your purpose, to your plan. Lord, we are here to be your representatives, your ambassadors, rep- ministers of reconciliation. That the church here in Stephen's Point is a light in this Jerusalem. Lord, that this church is, has, is a light to Judea and Samaria. But Lord, it's also a light to the uttermost part of the earth, to people who have never heard. Lord, I thank you for the grace, the ability to take this role and to occupy it till you come, Lord. We, Lord, we look to those who have never heard. Lord, let our heart be moved with compassion. Let us not be indifferent. Lord, let our hearts be stirred to action. Let the light that shines the farthest shine the brightest here at home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor What a powerful message. I trust that your heart was stirred. You know, one thing that as I was listening to this, I was realizing that our lives serve a greater purpose. And what is that purpose? It's connected to the heart of God. When you think of people that don't know Jesus or have not had that opportunity, the heart of God is to reach those people. But who is he going to do it through? He's going to do it through his children, through the church, through people like you and me, those willing to go, those willing to send, those who go. 
we have an opportunity. We want to give you an opportunity to give in a missionary offering that's going to go to the Beerman ministry so that we can further partner with them for what they're doing. And you know, the, the, the blessing is when you become partners with somebody in giving, you get the same reward. So the reward of their faithfulness is something that will begin to uh, bless your life as well. And so at this time in your seat pocket, there should be an offering envelope or you can give online. Make sure you designate it for missions. And we'll see too that everything in this offering goes to the Bearmans for the work that they're called to do. We are partners with them. And we want to do more and, and with what we've already committed to. And that's up to you, too, as we partner together. And so uh, the worship team is going to uh, lead us in a song and worship as you prepare your offering at this time. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.